Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tour, Sports Travel for Sports Fans, by Sports Fans, and welcome to the final day of Radio Row. It's Friday afternoon and a little tinge of sadness to today's podcast as everything comes down around us very, very quickly. We're almost the last people left here. We've got some great interviews coming up for you today and the Michael Jordan of journalism is going to join us. This is the Gridiron Show. Can I just say, well, a head-turning introduction. You've literally had everybody in the room looking at you there. Brilliant. That's what, exactly That's what I wanted. And I hope a head-turning robot as well at the end. But it's, it's only everyone in the room because there's only about four people left in the room because Radio <laughs> Row is empty. That is very true. Right, so joining Compared us... Compared to the scenes last night where we had police all around us at this point. <laughs> yeah. Jerry, Jerry Rice and just everybody. Steve Young. Yeah, this is now a ghost town. It's pretty heartbreaking. This is it's the exact opposite the of yesterday. That's the end of the pod. But that doesn't <laughs> mean that... Yeah, sorry, I forgot to do it. It is genuinely heartbreaking. It really is. We've come to the end of the week. We've, uh, thank you to everyone who's got in touch with us on Twitter, at Gridiron, because we've had some really lovely comments about all the stuff we've done this week. And yeah. people struggling to keep up with how many podcasts we're putting out. Trust me, I'm struggling as well. You can hear my voice. I'm an absolute wreck. I'm a physical wreck. I, I am, I, I'm going to name drop here, and I apologise for that straight away, but it's not a really big name. I went over to try and meet Jeff and those guys after they uh, finished their podcast, and Dave Damashek was there, and I... We've had him on the show before. Oh, one of us around the NFL, <laughs> buddies. We've had him on the show before, and I've we all knew where it was going, didn't we? We, we just I went and him, him, and he no, but he immediately said to me, "Wow, you sound rough." I'm like, oh, brilliant! Thanks, lovely intro, brilliant. Thankfully, the cheer is all up, as you mentioned in the intro. We have the Michael Jordan of journalism with us, Paolo Bandini. <laughs> We've also got Ollie Hunter, Matt Sherry, Will Gavin, but the Michael Jordan of journalism, Paolo Bandini. <laughs> the Sachin Tenduker of journalism. Ooh. No? That, okay. That, 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 was, that was early week form from Ollie, a real swing. <laughs> yeah, okay. I thought we were just going to do different legends of sport. No. A player to miss. If you don't, if you don't know the story behind it, Ollie, which I don't remember the story behind it, but why are you called the Michael Jordan? Of there, I, I don't think you were you were there with this, Will. Um, I don't know what's happening now. But Ollie is just <laughs> making up Liam Blackburn typing because that is all he does with the podcast on. Uh, he, he almost took the mic off him to speak and then didn't actually Bottled do it. it. Right. Do, do you know what? Like your field goal earlier. So I bottled it. <laughs> God damn it. Says the guy who missed all four. Oh, I feel like he's got a little bit tired <laughs> on this table. Oh, there real, Did forget? There was a real pause there. Liam was going through each kick in his head thinking, no, that one missed. That one. Yeah, because Wide good right. kickers instantly erase their misses. <laughs> Wide right. <laughs> Wide right. Can I just say, your video is the only one that's good on the gridiron <laughs> <room. laughs> <laughs> Just enough. before I get back to work, can we can talk about the uh, gridiron editor asking in the queue today, is this how you dab? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I wanted to get the absolute perfect form and then I missed the kick anyway. So I didn't <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, Ollie doing the Aaron Rodgers. What? Uh, Ollie watch. doing the Aaron Rodgers championship belt celebration in front of two young girls. 
<laughs> right, before we get into the glory of the rest of this podcast, let's hear about the fantastic new deal that we've got with Sports Travel Tours. Their package is already fantastic value for money. Well, as a Gridiron listener or a Gridiron subscriber to the magazine, and let's be honest, you should absolutely be both. You get a fantastic discount. And here is the man himself, Andrew Hill, to talk all about it. Back on Radio Row, uh, it's been a hell of a week. We've done 70-odd interviews, but as always, we're saving the best for last. Uh, Andrew Hill from Sports Travel Tours. Andrew, how have you enjoyed... I mean, you're working, but how have you enjoyed your week work so far? It's been great. San Francisco is one of those cities that you just can't not enjoy. Yeah, it's just wonderful. 100%. We went out for for dinner and some drinks the other night and uh, had a great time. And uh, the hotel's been fantastic. There are kind of no complaints on on any level about the... uh, the service that we've had this week excellent that sounds great uh, now we're, we're talking because not only uh, are you launching uh, some, a new, some new packages today which uh, to be fair is one of the best experiences you'll get watching NFL anywhere near a home and for a, a great price as well but we're going to get to do a, a little a bit of a, a deal for those people listening as well so double trouble for you starting off with let, let's talk about the packages for Ireland because I went over for my for my first game of that, of that series uh, two years ago when Penn State played UCF and Dublin is such a great city for going out and for uh, living life and, and if you want to go if, you, if you're not about partying it's a great place to go out and see historical things doing the Guinness tour there's so much you can do there and then the game day itself is a carnival atmosphere it's as close to the atmosphere we get around here as, as you'll get it's brilliant it really is and we did the Notre Dame Navy game uh, which was at the Aviva Stadium which is where this year's game is going to be held and it's an incredible atmosphere Croke Park is so huge sometimes the crowds get lost in it but with the uh, Aviva Stadium it's more intimate you get great views and we've got an amazing tailgate party that's right next to the stadium what, what, what do you get with the tailgate party just give us an idea because I'm assuming it will be amazing, but I, I, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. It, the key to the tailgate parties that we do, we have a similar format for all of them, but the key is the food, the drink are all included. We ta- tailor it to the city that we're in. So there's going to be an Irish flavour in Dublin. We're going to have lots of Guinness, obviously. and um, Potatoes. W- and a lot yeah. of potatoes. Um, <laughs> but more importantly, we've got... They're creating a special thing for us, which is a, a, a Guinness chocolate cake, which wow. is, we tried it when we were over in the Isle of Innes Mall last time, and it was just fantastic. So we're having that. We've got a, a college football legends going to be signing autographs, and we'll release the name closer to the day, but it's going to be somebody that, uh, that everybody's heard of. We've got um, music, fun. There's some sponsors going to be there with uh, some giveaways. And it's right by the stadium, and the views over to the Aviva are just phenomenal. Not only do you get the tailgate with your packages, but obviously a lot else involved in that as well. Just talk us through what the packages involve. And and I looked at them today, and I just thought to myself, do you know what? The price for that is ridiculously good, considering the tickets, the tailgate, the flights, the accommodation, everything that's included. It's, it's a ridiculously good price. Yeah, I mean, we've got the accommodations included and we've got a great hotel right in the centre of uh, Dublin. The jury's in. And the great thing about it is it's walking distance to O'Connell Street. It's walking distance to Temple Bar, um, which 
after a few night after a few beers on the night might be a falling distance as well <laughs> um, but that's really key ingredient in in a good package having a hotel in the right part of town um, we've got a great um, game tickets we've got upper level midfield first few rows is our standard wonderful experience up there if you want to upgrade it for just an extra 30 pounds we've got lower level sideline so you've got a choice of tickets you've got a choice of where you want to sit not do no bad seats in these stadiums these days they're just phenomenal it's just a choice of where you want to sit um, we've got the airport transfers that are included in in the package as well we've we've also done something for, uh, pretty new for the first time this time we've uh, done a golf package so if you love football and you love golf at the same time you can go and play three of the um, top golf courses in Dublin. Wow. I mean, I would do that, but I'm worried that the time it would take everyone else to play three, I'll get around one set of 18, and I, it'll be wasted on me going to the other two. But uh, that's still phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a different experience. Ireland, it, it's for those that want to do a bit of longer experience rather than just the three days um, that the, the standard packages are. But if you can't have a good time in Dublin, then you've really got a problem. It's one of those great cities. It really is. No, it is. It is and it's so close to home and it's one of those places that people don't manage to get out to. And what is absolutely fantastic about all of this is not only these great packages being offered uh, for the Dublin College football game, but if you're a listener to Gridiron, a subscriber to Gridiron magazine, you can get yourself a 10% discount. And not just on this package, I believe. I'm just checking this with Andrew. He's giving me the nod. That's fine. Before I start selling you something you're not allowed. But on any packages with sports travel tours if you enter the discount code gridiron 16 it's gridiron 16 one six is in 2016 that should be easy enough to remember even if i've said 2015 about four times this week uh, at sportstraveltours.com or by calling them on 0121 288 7305 now that saves you anywhere from 50 to 80 quid off your packages for ireland and when you consider everything else we're doing we'll be doing the tour next year and today a fantastically exciting announcement from Roger Goodell at his press conference that there's going to be a game in Mexico November 21st Monday night football the Texans are going to be taking on the Raiders the, the Oakland Raiders we hope the Oakland Raiders we still aren't 100% on that but between the city the teams the first year doing it that's gonna be well worth it and I imagine I put you on the spot here. Sports Travel Tours will surely be doing some packages for that as well. Undoubtedly, we'll do some packages. We are thinking, uh, we did put it out on Twitter as soon as uh, Roger Goodell made the, the statement uh, about that game. And we had a number of people coming to us at, at Sports Travel Tours 1 just saying, hey, are you thinking about it for the Thanksgiving Tour or the, uh, the Gridiron Tour this year? And it's certainly, uh, it's certainly a possibility. I'm not going to say any more than that, but it would be an interesting way uh, to add into the tour. Oh. Obviously, a lot depends on the schedule release as well. Schedule, price, obviously, uh, all of that has to be taken into account. But, man, that would be exciting. Although, I'm not sure I'm allowed back in Mexico again after last time. <laughs> well, I know it's getting out of Mexico that's the problem, to be honest, not getting into Mexico. Yeah, getting that back into the US uh, <laughs> is always a problem. <laughs> but 
you'll be fine we'll take care of you we'll make sure that they allow you back in Andrew thank you so much for joining us it's really good fun as always Andrew and Sports Travel Tours do such a great job at Sports Travel 1 SportsTravelTours.com for more information on the packages for Ireland on, on the discount code Gridiron16 where you can get 10% off as a subscriber to Gridiron and trust me we'll be announcing so much more as the season goes on and Andrew Hill of Sports Travel Tours there and genuinely after the Super Bowl on Sunday we're going to talk about the fan experience of being at the Super Bowl Ollie's going to tell us what it was like being at his very first one and we're going to talk about the fan zones and Sherry's terrible kicking which we'll hear a bit more about later in this podcast and everything else so all of that still to come on Sunday night but for now let's get back to Friday slash Saturday's podcast and hear the last day of Radio Row uh, we still haven't found out why it's called the Michael Jordan of Journalism so we went, to a, we went to an event with StubHub and, and this, this woman just lit up as soon as, she, as soon as she saw Paolo and her first words were I just want to say it's a real honour to meet you Paolo and then it kind of went on and she loves his work she loves Italian football and then it was just it's like the Michael Jordan of journalism <laughs> do you know what's do you know what's amazing as well he, he's turned up in a 23 t-shirt do, do, do you know what do you know what's <laughs> <laughs> the joy of audio do you, know, do you know what's amazing as well we know that obviously my dad is a love rap from meeting the guy we've met today yeah absolutely but he's also that today he, yeah that was earlier today you sure not yesterday no 100% it was today a love rap with deep pockets we've learned in the last 20 minutes <laughs> right let's stop slagging off my dad <laughs> But he also, when he was, he was asking who's coming out and stuff, I said, Paolo Bandini from The Guardian. Oh, I really like Paolo Bandini. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went straight after and I said, uh, Pete Carline from The Daily Mail. And he just went, hold on, he was writing about NFL. How's he going to slag off Corbyn? Uh, thanks, Dad. Political. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, I, I've sub-edited some of Paolo's copy. And? That's it. <laughs> Not as good as he thinks. So you're saying you're the Scotty Pippin to uh, of, of, of sub editing. <laughs> That's the analogy of the week. Isn't oh, it? That is that is genuinely the best analogy. Ha- haven't claimed week. all week. I would make sixty yard field goals and then massively <laughs> fail with a thirty. I'm not going to respond to that. <laughs> I am Shank Sherry. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> At least five times this week, we've been hanging around with someone, and we've been getting on with them. They're a new person we've met. We're chatting to them, and suddenly Sherry will go, "I've got a really funny video to show you. This is Will Gavin, and here he is last year missing the worst field goal you've ever seen <laughs> you in your life. So you better send me that video, and I am going to relish it. Next year in Houston, I am going to show everybody we meet." The good, the good thing though is you're not even going to be there and I'm going to show there's, them there's going to be a redemption story tomorrow I, I did I did actually make my third and fourth kicks but from how far out <laughs> Ten, Tw- 20. 20 was the best I did oh, it was 15 and 20 wasn't it yeah, yeah. oof oof right so that was uh, the fan experience we've talked about that now so we don't need to do it anymore of course we do we're going to get in some depth later when we speak to Andrew Hill as well we've also got coming up on this show you've already heard Cuba Gooding Jr that's all we had with Cuba Gooding Jr was that little bit and I was expecting him to actually say the gridiron show me the money but I think he doesn't do show me the money or maybe you have to pay him to do it or who knows but he was a cool guy congratulations Scraggsy for that by the way do, do you know what today other than, uh, other than uh, Joe Namath who was around earlier and a lot of the guys who are already here this week a little bit less of these the kind of Hall of Fame big name players. Eddie DiBartolo Jr. was here earlier, and obviously that got a phenomenal reaction from the 49ers fans in the building. Derek Carr was around earlier, and that got a really great reaction from the Raiders fans. But it's been a day of celebrities rather than a day of players. Brian Reynolds is a very, very well, good. I, I was just man. about to say we've seen some beautiful women and some stunning <laughs> men. 
and, and, and Ryan Reynolds is better than them all. <laughs> what a guy. What a, what a specimen. I, um, I spoke to him for all of t- 10 seconds and I just said, Ryan is a massive nerd. I'm really looking forward to Deadpool. And he went, cool man, and gave me like a high five and then just walked off. And I, <laughs> that's, that's classic. <laughs> cool, crazy guy. <laughs> crazy exactly. ginger guy. I'm sure I already saw you earlier in a red cape. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody who is doesn't this, understand that, check out Is this as good as, as Odell Beckham Jr. in your magazine last year? Yeah, I don't want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's really nice, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just for those who are listening, which is everybody. <laughs> I ushered myself out of the way like a security guard there. <laughs> Uh, we've got loads of news to talk about today as well, though, not just the players. So uh, coming up, we're going to speak with uh, Donovan McNabb, obviously quarterback with the Philadelphia Eagles, back in Super Bowl 39? I think I got that right. 2004, 2005, anyway. Can you uh, say the Roman numerals? He was XXIX. Yeah. Yes. You got it wrong the first time, though. Everson Walls, who is a former Dallas Cowboy, also won the Super Bowl with the Giants in the famous Scott Norwood game. We get into that with him. He was a great interview. And he's the guy who's led the league in inceptions the most seasons of any player in the history of the NFL. He was really great fun. Paul Basir, we're going to do some betting chat later on. It's the game is on Sunday. You want to hear what to put your prop bets on? Got five minutes with him, and he was really good fun. And none other than offensive rookie of the year. I'm calling it now. I know it's on Saturday night, but he absolutely sealed his candidacy by coming down and speaking to the Gridiron Show. It's Todd Gurley of the LA Rams. The, the, the combination of our, our Ryan Reynolds love and Everson Walls, who talks about tongue kissing a man, means that this is the most homosexual friendly show <laughs> we've ever so done as well which is and we're smack bang in the middle of San Francisco absolutely this is great homoeroticism all the way actually I've noticed there's been a lot of touching today there was a point earlier today where I was I was at the desk on, on my own waiting for some people to come back and then slowly over the space of 10 minutes it was just as the international press conference kicked out so all the British media started slowly turning up we had Simon Cross from the BBC hey Simon how you doing just hey yo. <laughs> come and say hello Simon he, no, he's just about to do his editing let him be Simon Cross of the BBC hey Simon how are you hi, doing hey hi, how are you doing I'm still jet lagged and like you guys you're very lively uh, yeah a little too lively I'm being shown a video of Matt Sherry's terrible field goal kicking so all, all I'm going to say <laughs> at this point is it's so close to Wills that I'm just going to say they put them side by side <laughs> this my miss from last year Sherry's miss from this year that's pretty impressive you the, guys watch that the, we'll, the worst we'll part is that <laughs> last year I made 5 from 5 from 30 and, and, and to showboard on the last one Killed it through. Uh, so when when we uh, so when you guys were all be, like being leaving the international press conference and you'd finished there, uh, spoken with Mark Waller. Slowly, everyone trickled down. So Dave Torsell turned up first. Then Jeff Reinbold turned up. Then Vernon Kay turned up. Then Paolo and Matt. And and what happened was everyone was kind of it's like a lot of people hadn't seen each other for a while. And there was a lot of hugging and manly like. Putting placing of heads into other people's chests and just uh, uh, generally, it was all it all got a little homoerotic. About two minutes after uh, that little uh, gathering, gathering. tete a tete, uh, me nice. and me and Matt went to go pick up our actual game credentials from the thing down the road, and uh, the the guy who was on security letting people in one at a time 
uh, I tried to go through with Matt and he made me stop and I said oh I was just going through with him and he said what do you need to hold his hand and I was thinking I literally was holding his hand about 60 seconds earlier so that's the sort of day it's been he, he stopped you he stopped you as much as he went through and said sorry mate this is media only no celebrities I know you're the Michael Jordan of journalism but this is not the end that's great from I, I, the security I, guard though do you want to hold his hand Yeah, that's brilliant and, and he was right and I'm now going to have to pull the big time move and say I'm sorry guys I can't hang around I've got to get going that's fine we know you've got a lot of work to do Paolo thank you Paolo. Well, we're just glad to have had any time with oh. the Michael Jordan of journalism. Oh. <laughs> Let's have a hug now across the table. Let's have a little table. hug right on. This is great radio, this. The Listen, the mic's hold down. the microphone oh. here so you can hear the hug. Oh, that's <laughs> delightful. <laughs> Utterly delightful. What is going on? Well, what's up? We did go and pick up our game credentials today, which obviously in itself is very exciting. What is particularly exciting is that, I, I guess because we all applied together for this table on Radio Row, etc., is that we all sat side by side by side by side. Which means that Ollie is bound to arrive at the stadium, ask security whether or not there's an aisle seat available, and then move away from the rest of us. <laughs> it's definitely going to happen. Rick. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we've we all those interviews to get to, but let's talk about the news that has come out today. That's the uh, fact that Roger Goodell did his press conference, talked about the International Series games. It was announced that there's going to be a game in Mexico. In Monday Night Football, Houston Texans uh, playing. What are you giggling about? Houston Texans playing the Oakland Raiders in in I, I just he's lost it. Matt Sherry has absolutely lost it. <laughs> right, we we we're gonna talk about that. Don't worry. Like we, uh, Matt just remembered something that happened with uh, Nick Shapanik, who's uh, a, a a a figure of slight ridicule on this podcast, but he's a great guy. And what happened to him? Not if you're a Mexican journalist. Was pretty incredible. And, you're gonna and have to redo this bit. Man. I think Liam. No, absolutely not. It's fine. Liam's gonna pick up a microphone. Can we talk now that the British us. pricks got? <laughs> Well, you kind of ruined the punchline by telling it at the beginning. But what happened was the international press conference, they spoke about the game in Mexico, which sports travel tours are looking at doing a package to, and even more excitingly, it's around the time of fact, it was around the time after the international series games have finished. Andrew Hill did reveal today he is looking into whether we could work the Mexico game into the gridiron oh. tour next year. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That, is that awesome. would be incredible yeah no to doubt. coin a mark waller phrase oh was he a big incredible man <laughs> he said it he said it more times than i can remember <laughs> that's pretty incredible uh the so uh, we, we'll get on to, uh, there's all of that as well what did they say about the uk games because uh, from what i understand there was going to be a fourth game this year but they couldn't put something together yeah there was going to be a fourth game and the, the they did have an away team lined up it was just finding a home team at this late stage willing to give up a home game and, and that was where the deal fell through but I mean it's still we still you can't have what you you can't miss what you never had I guess so it's 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 not too bad but there was a, a few sort of interesting caveats to the Mexico deal in that I guess because it's so much closer to the US the two teams won't be guaranteed a bye week afterwards and there's been a lot of talk about London games going forward and the fact that there needs to be a point where teams don't have a buy straight afterwards because if we want eight games a year if we want a franchise and that's not going to be the case and Michael admitted that that's going to be something they have to look at in the future of London as well look I've banged on about this for a while and, and my theory on this is as such that they're talking about uh, expanding the season backwards into the preseason. 
for my money, the best way of doing that, take two pre-season games Add off, an extra bye week. Add an extra yeah. bye week. Yeah. Eight home games, eight road games, one neutral side game. My only then you could go Mexico, you could go Japan, you could put it in parts of the US that don't have a team at the moment, places that are big college areas yeah. but don't have an NFL team. Go, you know, go to Bama Stadium. Go to, there's some, so and, and, and create a situation where, I mean, it doesn't have to be a 17th game, but one one team has a neutral field site game every year I think that I think that's realistic I mean I, I think he gave the impression that the bye week is a genuine issue for teams I don't know if you kind of picked that up but I, I asked I asked whether the times had been announced for this year's game yet and he said that the, the hope the earlier time slot and would happen but they weren't sure but he did mention that the earlier time slot allows teams to fly out on the Sunday evening and that's that's kind of laying the foundation for not a, having the bye I, week. I feel bye like week. it's a hurdle that once the first teams come over, they play the game, they don't take the bye, and then they realise that everything's okay, then hopefully after that it'll be fine. But at the minute there's a big stigma about we've got to go all the way across there, we've got to have a bye week afterwards, and they need to get rid of that. I'm still convinced that the NFL are going to throw the money at Reboot and Concord. I, I, no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, so let's go, let's talk about the Chapanic situation then, because Chapanic genuinely pretty hilarious. Now you finished with Mark Waller. He gave his speech on the on the podium. You all go off separately into a scrum with Mark. He invites just the British media over. It's pretty standard. They do it every year with Roger Goodell. The years he does come over, it often gets cancelled. When he's there, when we all get to put a couple of questions in, and that's great. But it didn't quite go as to plan with Mr. Waller today. No, unfortunately, a, a very keen Mexican camera crew got involved. And they asked one question, and, and Shapanik was kind of giving David Tossel, who was our very nice media liaison guy, a look and, and saying, what's going on? He was ticking, basically. And then the second question comes in, and Nick Shapanik says this. Why did you decide Mexico? Why did you decide to come back? Um, well, I think the... the, the why are you? <laughs> uh, the brilliant part after that as well is so me and Liam actually walked out with Nick Shapanik and um, as bodyguards at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the same two journalists were out were out there and Mark Waller walked over and they said, "Can we do the interview now?" Was there a Mexican standoff? It, hey. it, it wasn't. Oh wow! <laughs> that, that's so much better than you gag earlier. Ollie. You're back on the right thanks, track. Thanks, guys. Thanks. So, so. The guy goes, can we do the interview now? Now that that British prick's gone. just <laughs> goes, well, thank you very much. So international relations have not been greatly improved by today at all. And Does it have an international uh, uh, press conference you expect it to make? Everything goes smooth. Um, uh, one question. Any or many American journos turn up to the international there, press conference? There were a couple because Fair Mark few. Davis was put up and obviously the Raiders in the future and where they're going to be. That was a hot topic as well, but it was... Mainly Mexican journalists. There was one Australian asking about the Pro Bowl, uh, and Mark Wallace said that is something they've looked at. Uh, and he did reveal that, unsurprisingly, the next uh, markets that they will look into after Mexico are Brazil and Germany. Which they've kind of mentioned. Yeah. I, I just want to wrap up the Shapanic point by saying, <laughs> and, and by no means do I want. This is great banter! <laughs> I don't want a breaking bad esque turtle on the head situation. But when Liam said to him, that guy looked like he might have been from the cartel. Shapanik just went, 
Bring it on. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, right, uh, let's get on. Uh, was there anything out of the Goodell press conference? That's the other thing, because it sounded like quite a lot of platitudes, quite a lot of stuff. Lots of platitudes. And not a huge amount of new news. I actually spoke to the, uh, I know the Boston media guy, Tom Curran, pretty well. And I spoke, Clang. To, <laughs> I, I spoke to him afterwards about he was the only guy who was able to ask a question on PSI and and that and and actually there was did you notice Ben Volin and a couple of others had their hands up like that all uh, the way I'll through I'll be honest uh, unsurprisingly I did work and as soon as Goodell said something about uh, England I was busy transcribing for Nick Shapanik because so, I don't want to piss him off obviously <laughs> <laughs> any guy who's willing to mess with the cartel <laughs> but yeah that, that was kind of that kind of summed it up really he didn't he didn't answer any questions I, I think the question was were any balls under 12.5 PSI and he just repeated what he'd said on Mike and Mike so it was a lot of platitudes and the headline I've just read on Twitter is on the on the eve of Super Bowl 50 Roger Goodell is telling non-truths again which probably sums it up okay that's the Patriots fan telling us that Roger Goodell's lying let's choose carefully our next words because I don't want to piss him off he's got Schapanik as a mate uh, <laughs> we're tired like. uh, yeah I'm so tired uh, right let's get on and listen to our interview today and as always as with other days we, we spoke to some great people who aren't going to make it onto this show but we're going to hear from them at a later date those include uh, the those include Clark Hunt the uh, the owner and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll listen to that and we'll have Skandrick West on about the same time. Chuck Liddell, UFC fighter, we'll have that at some point. Uh, we'll hear a little bit from Cam Irving in a little while on the situation of Johnny Manziel. In fact, let's save that back for next week as well because it's just another talking point that we it's, can talk It's about kind of a storyline that's going to extend. I've just seen that the police have apparently reopened the investigation that they officially shut last night. So. It, it's incredibly in-depth what he goes into and we'll put up on audio boom what Cam Irving says specifically on Johnny Manziel. So you'll be able to hear that there. Uh, it's gridiron on audio boom. Uh, Curtis Martin we spoke to earlier, legendary running back of the Patriots and Jets, but a lot of that stuff was on Clark head injuries. Hunt. So we're going to save that. Mention Clark Hunt while you were chatting off Mike. Paxton Lynch, first round quarterback who had hands the size of dinner plates. Literally 11 and a half inches, one inch under a foot. We got Ollie to put his hands up to them and it was generally like a normal man holding the hand of a newborn baby. I am, <laughs> I am Paxton, as his autobiography will be referred to. <laughs> So, yeah, because I thought he was Latan. When, when I looked up, I was like, who's that? It's Latan. That's incredible. Let's get him. Oh, it's Paxton Lynch. I, got, I, was, actually, I was actually disappointed. Oh, but he, he was really good. But yeah, he was great, actually. Yeah, then, I, mean, I think we'll get that around the time of the Combine, maybe. People will be able to read it in the magazine as well. Our, we finish off this year with a, with a nice draft issue, and that's certainly going to be a, a feature in the magazine. I'll tell, tell you who else was about earlier. I did try and grab him, but he's absolutely stacked to the time. was Joey Bosa. That man is a man mountain. Yeah. Uh, like, and amazingly, his dad is, is just him in 30 years' time. They look identical. It's terrifying. More identical um, than you and that guy from this morning. <laughs> me, me, more identical than me and that San Francisco reporter from what sounded like a genuinely terrible radio show. I'm not going to lie. <sighs> oh, come on. Oh, I oh, oh, so big brother thinks he's yeah. the better broadcaster. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, it was a terrible radio show. And, um, oh, come I, on. You know. It sounded like Dingo and the Baby. Yeah, like, Dingo and Babies. Like, oh, we do lots Dingo. of crazy, wacky stuff. It, it sounded terrible. Mm. <laughs> but, he was, but he was raising money for breast cancer. So who's the bad guy? This guy. Uh, who what? else do we have? Ted Johnson 
who uh, we probably could, we'll, we'll save that back again for the concussion stuff. Wait, waved at me and Ollie during one of his interviews earlier. <laughs> yeah, he, he, also yeah. Exactly, he, also, he did exactly the same as we walked through. He's like, hey, and, he oh, was great. Brilliant. He um. Of course he did well. You can't <laughs> let anybody have them. Well, he did that with me as well. Yeah, yeah. So we were walking past as well, you know. One by one, you are going to get knocked out of this show and it's just going to be me on my own throat. You yeah, love it, don't you, there? Just with all the buttons to control. It would be me on my own ranting ravings. Manipulating take, away. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take all the bass out of all your voices so, so I sound uh, more, more booming than you. Yeah. <laughs> belittling us on air classic so, uh, what I liked about Teddy Teddy J as I now call him was that he <laughs> he uh, oh, he takes it one step further again <laughs> he always does he does it all I'm the just, time just, doesn't just he just so rude, rude, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, he showed this what he had answer. to do he showed what he had to do what he had to do was for a living you know through however many years in the league on me I, I thought that demonstration was fantastic we were talking about uh, trying to beat guys off the line on a pass rush and, yeah. and uh, hitting them with the helmet to cause the separation and then forcing them away. And we made him do it to Ollie and it was pretty hilarious. I, I thought you took the hit brilliantly. Thanks, thanks, guys. And, and he actually, he actually gives his mobile number so we will be able to speak to him about his time at the Patriots the Super Bowls he's one of those guys who's got so many stories to tell so we'll definitely speak to him at a later date but let's get on to the interviews that we are going to put into today's show uh, and I think we should probably start off with the guy who tomorrow night is going to be announced as Rookie of the Year I'm pretty convinced that that is a true fact Mr. Todd Gurley it's a genuine delight to be joined by the guy who I'm absolutely convinced tomorrow night is named as Offensive Rookie of the Year, Todd so. Gurley of the now LA Rams. Uh, Todd, first of all, how are you enjoying your Super Bowl 50 experience, man? Oh, it's, it's been good, man. Um, got to meet all these Hall of Famers, these great players out here. So it, it's definitely been a blast for sure. Also, who's been saying you're meeting Hall of Famers? Who's been your highlight? Is there someone who's inspired man, you? Man, I met Emmitt Smith at like 6.30 this morning. Who else did I see? Seen Jerome Bettis last night. Seen Charles Haley just sitting around chilling. (laughs) You know, Donovan McNabb, he he in the Pro Bowl. I mean, he's not a Hall of Famer, but I just sat beside him during the interview. He was sat in that very seat about... This very seat. Did an interview with Tiki Barber this this morning. Hey, man. Incredible. Don't get... Don't get no. No, we, are, we actually spoke to you for a draft edition of our magazine a little over a year ago. And did you imagine that when you were picked so high by the Rams, you'd go on and have a season like you had this year? Um, I didn't, man. You know, my main focus was just trying to get back on the field and just trying to stay healthy. And you know, for me to be able to, to get back after this knee surgery and do what I was able to do, I was definitely grateful. And you know, I can't can't thank nobody else but God for that. And, and recovering from that knee injury and, and having to do it the hard way and still getting drafted so high, just talk us through that process and when you first hit the field, what that feeling was of ge- finally getting to play your first down in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, man. Oh, give me the goosebumps. Now, it was just like a, it was just a sense of relief just to know that all that hard work, just all them hours and, you know, rehab sessions that you're finally on the field, you're finally cleared, you know. So it was definitely a, a great feeling just just being out there again I definitely look forward to getting back on the field for sure and and it was not in the first week where you took your first naps but the week after where you had that huge breakout game going I think about 150 odd yards and what seemed to be amazing about you is you were so elusive finding holes but also elusive in the backfield you seemed to pick up NFL football like it was easy 
I, I, like I tell guys, man, I've been playing football my whole life. Like the, the game haven't changed, you know. It's just a lot better players. <laughs> Do you think going up against the likes of Robert Quinn and Aaron Donald up in in practice that has made you a better player? Oh yeah, man. Just the way you practice, the whole practice habit thing. It's, that's what it's all about, you know. Just making sure you go to practice, you getting those good reps, and those guys. You know, they motivate you because the, the, those guys are some hard workers, so you just see the way they work, and, you know, that just makes you want to work even harder. Hey, look, man, we just know you've, you've only had your first season in the NFL, but already you're moving cities. You've gone from St. Louis to L.A. How excited are you about that move? Um, it's exciting, man. You know, it was kind of weird at first, like I say, because, you know, you, you feel bad for the fans, you know. Just growing up, you all, you know, all I know is St. Louis Rams, and, you know, to take a— team out of a city you know you definitely feel bad for the fans but it's out of your control and you know it's not too much you can do about it was that Ezekiel Elliott you were just waving yeah, at behind he's us St. Louis boy too so yeah I was gonna say yeah. look guys guys who know each other uh, what what advice would you give him as a guy who's probably gonna go in the first round this year um you know just stay humble work hard man and you know just 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 keep working hard do the same thing that got you here and, and you'll be just fine Fantastic. And, of course, your team are coming over to London this oh, year. Here he comes. And, hey, it's good, hey, brother. Zeke, man, how are you doing? Feel free to come and jump in and join in with <laughs> us. You're more than welcome to. <laughs> I, I, I think we'd get in trouble with this PR if we did that. But, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Todd, you're coming over to London this year, and there are a number of guys. We had Michael Brockers on with us yesterday okay. who have been there and have done that. When that was announced, first of all, was it something that you guys were excited about? And have any of the guys who have been before talked to you about um, it? It was just kind of random. It was like, yeah, we're going to be playing in London. But I think if, at first, initially, it was just like, we're going to be playing in London, but it's going to be between, like, I knew it was like the Giants or the Redskins. So yeah, you didn't yeah. kind of know at first. And then now, I guess, it's against the Giants. So it was pretty cool, man. I'm, you know, just talking to other guys. It's like, oh, no, nah, you're definitely going to enjoy that trip. So I think we're going to play. I don't know how the schedules came out yet. Yes, yeah, so, so I think we're going to play the Jets and then we're going to fly fly over to London for the week so it'll be cool man I'm definitely excited I got a chance to go to um, damn where did I go I haven't been overseas in quite a while I went, I went to Lille France Lille yeah, yeah Lille, oh wow France. yeah, okay. yeah it was about well, that's niche. Uh, it's a lovely part of the world. My 11th grade, yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited to take that, you know, what is it, eight-hour flight from probably New York. You got you yeah. got your passport sorted already? I do. I got it. Gotta I got it. I got my stamps. <laughs> no, it's good. I just got mine, um, like, a year ago. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and for us uh, in the UK, we're getting excited to see Todd Gurley, the explosive playmaker against Odell Beckham. Not at the same time on the field, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But selling those big names. And, and why do you think young guys like yourselves have had such an opportunity in the NFL to... To just be so good so quickly, you came out and just second game, bang, did it. Yeah, it, it was crazy, man. Um, you know, my linemen they they did a great job. They opened up holes, and it was so funny just just watching the first game because like my steps, like my steps was all wrong like that first game. Just like if I was taking the proper steps and like the proper tracks, you know, I probably could have had a lot more bigger runs, but. It's crazy how I developed, you know, from that first game to, to the last game, for sure. Well, what I love is Tuck Early telling us he could have had more big runs this season. <laughs> well, because you look at it, you're just like, what? My teammates would be like, what kind of steps are you taking? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we loved watching it. Whatever it was you were doing, we, we, we were big, big fans of it, I have to say. Yeah, uh, so, is the offensive rookie of the year. The announcement will be made tomorrow. We, there are huge expectations. You're the favorite. What would it mean to you to win that award? Oh, it would mean a lot. You know, just, just for the, the fans to vote, you know, me on this award, it would definitely mean a lot. Like I said earlier, I said 
Jameis and Amari got the they got the national championships. At least let me get at least one award, you know, man. <laughs> they already went higher than me in the draft yeah, they're too. They're being so. selfish. Man. Yeah, they definitely are. And so I've been trying to been trying to catch up with those guys since my freshman year. And what's they say here about you wanting to be a movie star? I'm I'm not a movie star, but hey, man. <laughs> If there's some job openings, I'm 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 ready for it. <laughs> Todd, we really look forward to you coming over to London later this year and seeing how you do in LA and and go into that second season. Good luck for Saturday night, and uh, it's been real fun catching up. Thank you, man. I'm looking forward to it. Now we haven't had many pictures and and, and that with uh, with the people that have come through here. Obviously, there was the Deontay Wilder stuff from yesterday, which was brilliant, but. Because Todd Gurley is that much of a star, and how nice he was as well. And it felt like we could have gone for a much longer with him, but we were getting the wrap-up signs. But both Will and I took a couple of pictures with him, and uh, he was great, wasn't he? I'll tell you what was particularly brilliant about that. Not only that he was great and he was uh, chatty, and and actually, I have to say, running backs as a general rule, not the former guys, but when you interview the current running backs... They're, I'm not saying that they're not dynamic people, but ge- generally they're not people who their job is reasonably limited. And yeah. so, if you get into schemes and stuff like that with them, it's not something that they necessarily go into and kind of nerdy X's and O stuff. But he really was quite interesting. And what was great as well as Ezekiel Elliott was being interviewed uh, 20 feet behind us whilst this interview was going on. I mentioned to the guys at Yahoo who were interviewing him that we should try and get a photo with them together. But actually, during the interview, they spotted each other and started like making hand signals. And then afterwards, Ezekiel Elliott came over and started chatting to him it was obvious they knew each other and met each other and we asked him I mean you those listening at home I'm, this is more I'm really just telling Sherry and Liam this but and he's those, not even listening those listening at home will have heard him talk about meeting up with him and the advice he'd given him entering the league in, in his first year and I I, I think that's going to be fascinating going on and we got Ezekiel Elliott's details as well so we're hoping that we'll get him on Gurley was when the commissioner was on is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of these were happening whilst the press conferences were on. And actually, I mean, part of that is really great for us because it meant that while people were upstairs talking yeah. to the commissioner, we could grab these guys. So, But, but I mean, I, I was really jealous of you doing that one because, I mean, Gurley is, is the, next, the next superstar of the NFL, isn't he? And, I mean, it's a fascinating time for them to go to L.A. Now you think of Kobe Bryant retiring. That city is crying out for a new superstar. And it just seems perfect for Todd Gurley to go in there and, and take the city by storm. And, again, we mentioned it to him, but for the U.K. fans this game coming up Shall it's going to Gurley Odell Beckham Aaron uh, Donald uh, honestly uh, well yeah Aaron Donald as well Eli uh, Manning in terms of the off <laughs> dear lord in terms of the offensive side of the ball though probably the two next well Odell Beckham's already a superstar but the two guys who at this point in their career look like they could be Hall of Famers based on their first year first two years in the league so that's so exciting for UK fans it's not something we've talked about a lot yet and we'll do all the previews the, in the it, off season it sounds of like we had, it's probably been it's been said a lot before but we had confirmation today from Mark Waller that the Rams will have to play international series games while they're in the transition period before their new stadium so whether that's in Mexico or more games in London we could see them being the, the kind of jags for the next three years it's something what, what, that we raised at the time and just, just to make a point on this is having you know if if I, if you, I'm going to say having spent time in LA and everyone's going to go, yeah, yeah, I've been to LA before, yeah, yeah, and take the piss out of me. But if you if you have been to LA, you'll know there's have a you huge... Have you been to LA? I've been to LA, Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there we go. You'll know there's a huge Mexican population there. And actually, 
taking the Rams down Mexican. to Mexico for the next two years. My favorite food is burrito. Uh, uh, my favorite food is burrito. <laughs> I had a Chinese burrito last night. A burrito. Wow. It was amazing. Kung Pao pastrami, <laughs> and it was phenomenal. Uh, the Compaurito. Taking the that's a great name for it. Taking the LA Rams down to Mexico also makes too much sense because there's that market there to be, and I don't mean exploited in terms of exploitation of the Mexicans in any way, shape, or form. Get careful. Just to make that You've dug that all. No one was thinking that. If you need Nick Shapanek's number for protection, then uh, I, can, I can pass it on. Will Gavin and Nick against the Mexicans? Is there for the NFL to explore and get involved in, and so that makes too much sense to me for them to keep coming to London. But maybe they will. They've been over here a couple of times before. I, I think it depends if they win. If they win, I think they're more likely to come back. Yeah, I mean, I mean the Chiefs absolutely love London yeah. because of the experience they had. I, 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 I think the Rams. I think the Rams will play London, Mexico, London. I think they'll just alternate. That seems to make the most sense. Sherry Darmus over there. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> the Rams, though, are exciting. They literally need like. They, I, I'd take Terrell Pryor a quarterback. Right, look, we're going to do a whole Rams relocation, talking about the team special in the off-season, so let's not get too deep into that because people don't want to hear you repeat yourself again. Uh, next up, Everson Walls, one of the best interviews I think we did this week. Really good fun. Really, like, talk to us a little bit about the ladies, and he'd been out partying the night before. He'd just launched his uh, his uh, foundation in Oakland. And, he said um, he was hanging. He, it was brilliant. The first thing he said was, have you seen the mayor of Oakland? She's hot he was, uh, he was talking about Luther before then massive fan of Luther <laughs> yeah. and he wants Idris Elba to be the next Bond furious that there was only two episodes be, in the do last do you know series. what he would be right about Idris Elba he would be a great yeah, Bond absolutely. he would be he'd be fantastic and you, I know that there are some Bond people at my work at, at TalkSport who what some, some 007 agents well, as in Daniel no, Craig they love they love the Bond <laughs> they love Bond Jenny it, Bond yeah but they say Bond can never be black and they're completely wrong what? why can't Bond so they're be black so they're big racist <laughs> it's an absolute I thought that it was an absolute disgrace I think Idris Elba would be a great Bond I, the, t- the two that I the, the, my Bond picks Idris Elba would be my this number one this is a podcast one, in the itself other guy, oh, Damien Lewis Tom Hardy blatantly. Michael Fassbender Tom Hardy Michael Fassbender would be an incredible no way, Tom Hardy Fassbender Tom Hardy would Tom be Hardy fantastic Fassbender is the oh, best young actor no. in the world and he is he's not better than Tom Hardy he is he's a better actor than Tom Hardy but Tom Hardy's not. brilliant the only reason you're bringing out Tom Hardy is because you want to do Bane's voice isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're all waiting for it of course <laughs> and I guarantee on Sunday when the national anthem is going on he will turn to me and go what a lovely lovely voice <laughs> I have to say <laughs> earlier on Heinz Ward was on the table next to us and we were trying to get an interview and uh, again couldn't quite get it together with times etc but the main thing I wanted to talk to him about was returning a kickoff in Heinz Field whilst it blew up behind him in the Dark Knight Rising why haven't the police questioned him about that <laughs> it's unbelievable <laughs> I think it was because we, it was that ball guy in the mask who did it in the end we, we, we got the, they've got the call for Early. We thought the state of the Levi's pitch was bad. <laughs> right. Someone take the sound effects on because he swung and missed twice in the last five. Have we even? Have we even put? Uh, ever, uh, have we even played ever some It's the longest build-up ever. As what a tangent! That was a great interview. I actually genuinely can work out if we played it already. No, no we haven't. Worked. Okay, here this he is. This is a day five podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl winner with the Giants, former Dallas Cowboy as well, the brilliant Everson Walls. Delighted to uh, now be joined on uh, Radio Row by 
Just make sure I'm getting this right. I think the man with the most seasons in inter- leading in interceptions in NFL history. Get it history. right, man. Get it right. You're right. That is correct. <laughs> You've so got to get it right, Will Gabbard. you got to get it right. You worded it perfectly. Former Dallas Cowboy, Everson Wolves, uh, uh, and Giant and Brown and uh, Everson. How, how are you enjoying your Super Bowl 50 experience I'm so having far? a ball, man. I, I, we put on a, uh, an event last night with my foundation called Ethos Education. The city of Oakland has given us their backing. We're partnering with them in the Oakland School District. Fantastic. The mayor is all on board. You know, and the mayor's kind of hot, by the way. The mayor of Oakland. Have you seen her? Really? She, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at her right, right now. Yeah, go Googling. online. Get, yeah, get check it out. Get ready to remind live Google. She's giving us her blessings. So we did a great job last night. It was our coming out party for the city of Oakland. Raised a lot of money. And it's a character program to where we talk to kids and Try and give, make them make, make good decisions. Yeah, you like her, huh? Yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 check yeah, it out. Everson, it you're not, not wrong, Everson. You're not, not wrong. Bad. Not bad, man. I, I'm a good judge of, you know, women, man. Come on. I, I don't have an accent, which makes... I, if I did, I'd be sexier, man. You know, accent, you're sexy enough, Everson. Accents make you sexy, I'm, man. I'm glad somebody said it. Do the, do the, do the British it. women like American accents? Do they fall for our accents the way American women fall for British accents? I'd love to tell you the did. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. No. But they would fall for you, Everson. Okay. <laughs> I got to do it another way, then. Absolutely convinced <laughs> of that. So that's fantastic. It's great to hear that you had such a good time last night, and that all went so well. I want to talk to you specifically about one of my uh, one of my favourite Super Bowls, which is the one that you took part in 25 years ago wow it's our 25th anniversary so when it was the silver anniversary did you think you'd be sat here on super bowl 50 in the bay area talking about the experience of that day you know uh i I never thought that would happen i mean it was my only super bowl so nine years into my career after playing with the cowboys i thought by nine years playing with the cowboys uh, i'd be at two or three super bowls didn't work out that way then all of a sudden the pressure's on. My only Super Bowl, you got to make every play you can to make sure your team comes out successful. We did that. We've been celebrating all year. Uh, the Giants have brought us back. And we've done uh, uh, honorary captainships and things of that nature. So the Giants are pretty cheeky, you know. When they, when they brought me back to be the honorary captain, it was against my old team, the Dallas Cowboys. That is cheeky. You see, that's cheeky stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely. But I enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> of course you did. You know what I'm saying? I enjoyed every had a ball. I remember coming out to, with the coin toss. Me and uh, uh, Law and Order's uh, Mariska. Mariska Hargitay, I think is how you say her name. You know, the head lady on, on Law and Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she, uh, There's some fantastic pop culture references. <laughs> yeah, you see what I'm saying? I'm absolutely no, she's, She was out there with me. They're flipping the coin. And, and Jason Witten from the Cowboys looks at me like a dog that didn't understand what he saw. His ears per- perked up and he tipped his head to the side like, uh, you know, like, what are you doing on that side of the, of the field? So it was, it was a very surreal moment for me. Well, for, a guy, for a guy who had six interceptions that season and, as I said, led the NFL in interceptions for three years, how frustrating is it that's when... That's what I do, man. That's the, what I do. The, there's a lot of talk this weekend about there being... Uh, the turnover battle is going to be so key. You played in the Super Bowl with no turnovers that was that tight. I mean, if this... It was game, no like, turnovers that game? Yeah, no turnovers. How frustrating well, is that for you? You, you, were, you were really dropping some knowledge on you this. Are not, you are not. That is amazing. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> good, solid... Good, solid football. We had the number one defense in the league that year. Buffalo had the number one offense. They had blown Buff- They had blown the Raiders 
and uh, the Dolphins. They had blown them out uh, in those previous games, so everyone thought we were going to so, get so, blown so out. So hold on, hold on. The number one offense blows yep. two teams out and then comes to play the number one defense in the Super Bowl. A heavy favorites going into it, and yet yeah, right. everyone's picking That's the right. Carolina this weekend. Yeah, they don't have Bill oh, Belichick. What do you think, a little deja vu? A little deja vu, is that what you're thinking? <laughs> so no, no. You mentioned the uh, the Buffalo offense there. That was the year when the no huddle really kind of got going, took the league by storm. And obviously it was kind of also the game that pulled, put Bill Belichick on the map with the Thurman Thomas running for 100 yards right. that he apparently told you guys. Did you, did you kind of foresee what was in Bill Belichick's future at that point? You know, yes, yes, because he was actually a part of 86 Super Bowl yep. win as well. I wasn't on that team then. I was their victim. I was with the Cowboys, and we were victimized by a very good 1986 New York Giants team. Belichick was always that guy. Uh, coaching was in his lineage. His father was a coach. Belichick had been coaching for so many years. He was so good at what he did. When he studied for games, he was running on a treadmill while he did it. I mean, just think about that. How focused can you be to where you're running on a treadmill and you're still deciphering what the opposition's offense is going to do and anticipating what they're going to do for that week? That just lets you know how far ahead of the game he was and how comfortable, comfortable he was with being a defensive coordinator. And, and, and how impressive was it that he kind of came up with this game plan that had it not worked would have looked utterly ridiculous <laughs> right. I mean does that kind of underline the genius Thurman Thomas rushed for nearly 10 yards of carry in that game but because Buffalo expected to run their usual offense to still drop back and through the ball 30 times I mean yeah. does that kind of illustrate the genius of the man it really does but then it also sometimes genius comes from just common sense if you look at how how badly Buffalo beat people it was always with the quick six it was always with the deep pass. It was always Andre Reid across the middle and just hauling ass into the end zone. So, okay, let's look at what they do well and stop them from doing that. That has always been Belichick's genius. Whatever you do well, you are not doing that in this game. You're going to have to take an alternative route, and let's see how well you can do that. Can, can, can I just say one more thing? You're the first person to say Hall and Ass this week. And I'd like to thank you for that, because oh, that may be the greatest of the American phrases. I was hanging out at the pub last night, man. I'm still feeling it. I'm still feeling it, man. Yeah. Everson, I just want to talk to you about that final drive as well. You've got Jim Kelly, you've got Thurman Thomas, who we met both of those guys when they were over with the Bills this year, and they have reasonably fond memories of that day but not so much of that final drive when, when Thurman Thomas uh, gets down with that final run gets them down to the 29 yard line and Scott Norwood steps up you know as a defense you've managed to hold them to a field goal but a field goal is good enough how did you see that moment happen how did you react to it at just, that just time at that time in my life I had not my entire life I had not ever won a championship in my entire life and as they're getting closer and closer, I'm thinking, oh, damn, you know, here we go. They just got they're way too close for comfort. And I just assumed that, that my chance to get the championship was not going to be this afternoon, especially after as well as we played defensively. If I'm not mistaken, that year we were the only team to keep Buffalo under 20 points. And we did it twice, played them earlier that season and then, of course, in this Super Bowl. So I just assumed that, you know, given all circumstances that he would be the guy to kick it through but then when he kicked it I was on the defensive left side 
and I f it looked like the ball was about to go over my head. And I'm thinking if this guy, unless he's got a great seven iron draw, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not going through that upright. And it didn't. And it just continued to go wide. And, boy, I, I was so happy. I just remember us on the ground. Everybody just rolling around. My first Super Bowl win. I tell people all the time, I, 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 I think I tongue-kissed somebody while I was on the ground. <laughs> and it wasn't a girl. It wasn't a chick, you know. I didn't get his number, but man, it was wet. That's all I know. Yeah. Was it Greg Jackson? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it might have been Greg. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. in Louisiana. I, I just want to ask about uh, Grambling State University. There's obviously that rich history there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. With football, how do you kind of assess the the where they're at now and and, and everything else that's gone in the history of the university? You know, uh, at at one point we were really university. <laughs> <laughs> university. <laughs> I, I, you know, at, in the, at one point, and I would say about five years ago, it was look, it wasn't looking good. Well, for well this is it, and it seems to be kind of back on the upturn since then. It has a lot to do with the coaching staff that's there. Uh, we brought in a guy, uh, uh, Coach Fobbs, heck of a young man. Uh, he does such a great job, and I, I congratulated him last year because as Grambling seemed to drift off, you know, it just dri into 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 the unknown at that time. And he has allowed, it's, it's tough to get kids to play their best and to play with pride when nobody's watching. And yes, there are some people watching, of course, they're getting their games, but they play with pride every week. And I think it all started with the boycott itself. When, the, when they had the boycott because of the conditions on campus, and once those were addressed, and those young men, they showed a lot of heart to be able to walk out on a football game that's crazy. That's never Absolutely. been done, I believe, in HBCU history. They walked out on the football game. We're not playing it until things are done. And right there, you had leaders that are not just on the field, but these are leaders off the field now. They've become men with character. They're coming men with conviction. And they're willing to sacrifice probably their careers for the betterment of people that come after them. And that can be appreciated by anyone. Look, uh, Everson, everyone wants to speak to the famous Everson Walls, of course, and so we know you've got to get off. Got to go, us, got to uh, go. Just give us a quick answer. Which of those defenses this weekend is going to come out on top and who's going to win? I think I think Carolina's defense is going to come out on top. They are, the, to me, the number one defense because the second half, they were, they were always in a blowout, and that affected their numbers. So Carolina's going to be the most consistent defense out there. Good man, Everson. My man. Genuine real pleasure. Thank you One so much best. for joining us. Yeah. Everson Walls there, a former cowboy, former giant, and a top, top bloke. Had real fun chatting to him. Let's keep this rolling on because Super Bowl Sunday is coming up. It's one of the biggest betting days of the year for sports fans. And so we spoke earlier on with Paul Basir, who uh, his company have Can we not together. play this because I haven't put my bets on yet? Yeah, well, it's going in because there's some great stuff in here. Can you uh, so from here? You, I'm the, sure the, you can. The VPN isn't working. I'm sure this is a conversation to probably have off the podcast, guys. Uh, People might want to know. <laughs> Paul Basir, he's, he's a guy who, uh, they put together an algorithm to work out what the game is going to work out on Sunday, but he had some really good ideas on the bets, but also on the prop bets as well. Gave you some good ideas on over-unders, and, and yeah, if you take some of these tips, I won't guarantee you're going to win money, because you might hunt me down, but you might win some.
as you should probably start every morning, or as I know many people in the UK like to, gamble responsibly, guys, sure. uh, <laughs> is by discussing where your money's going to go the weekend. It's Friday before the huge Super Bowl 50, yeah. and obviously this is an event where in Vegas millions of dollars are laid on, and in the UK, with our uh, relatively open betting, the UK fans love to put a bet on as well. So sure. Paul Basir joins me now, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about the gambling for the game and a little bit where the odds are sitting at the moment and some of the fantastic prop bets as well. Paul, thank you for uh, coming in and joining us. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and it's really interesting, too. You mentioned the hundreds of millions of dollars that could be bet in Vegas. That's obviously legally and tracked and regulated in this country. Estimates are upwards of $4 billion bet on and around this game with the props, etc., uh, worldwide. That's uh, well, that's <laughs> it's not money. a small number. No, no doubt about it. Now, where are we sitting just in terms of this morning for the for the line for the game, etc.? Because it yeah. seems to have been slowly creeping up, giving Carolina more and more points as the week goes on. Yeah, I mean that's been true for the most part. I mean the public uh, has loved Carolina, and it's historically when a team wins in as easy and a dominant fashion as Carolina won two weeks in a row, the public tends to love that team because of the recency bias. The spread uh, has seventy five percent of the people that are betting that game have bet on Carolina, and it's moved from five and a half to about six as where the current spread is and it opened at three la- the week say, before yeah, the game it opened at only yeah, three so exactly. that's so, so that's in, 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 in football I mean that's that's a whole nother score you know another field goal that's been added on to the spread which I think is excessive and ultimately people like me and people that look at the kind of things that I look at can take advantage of live movement like that I'll tell you what I'm loving two very very good defenses yeah. over under 45 and a half I'm taking the under on oh, that absolutely and so in our predicted score and we use math to do this we've analyzed this game and 23 to 20 is our predicted score so I absolutely love the under and not only do I love the under that means I also love uh, the Denver Broncos to cover because even though that's Carolina winning Denver can keep it within that six points now the original line that's what it was was the three points so we think it's that was appropriate but the public is just overreacting to what it saw Denver's got the third best defense that I've looked at in the last 50 years they're wow. good in every capacity every single player on the field is one of the best at his position uh, and, and one of the best both against the run and against the pass so that defense plus the Carolina defense being the second best defense in the NFL right now ultimately leads to a pretty strong opinion on the under just because of the nature of this game so just talk us through what the metric is or yeah. what the system you've used here is because I've, I've got all of these fantastic box sure. score stats in front of me that looks very re- realistically <laughs> other than the obviously the point so six yeah, and the, 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 the point nine <laughs> throw 22.4 attempts but yeah if, if, if uh, rounding up and rounding down yeah, looking yeah. at this uh, these look very realistic sure. in terms of numbers how have you come up with this metric and with these numbers and yeah, this is the 13th Super Bowl I've done this using simulation uh, we, the predictionmachine.com our mantra is that we play the game 50,000 times before it's actually played and in this case we're counting for all and 22 players on the field competing on a play by play basis and when I first started doing this to simulate a game 50 times 50 which really means nothing it took a half an hour now to do it with the technology we have it takes one second to simulate an entire NFL season 50,000 times and spit out all that information that you currently see or that people can see for free right now on predictionmachine.com and it really accounts then for all of the things that could possibly occur in the course of the game where teams have advantages, where they don't who's going to do well, what all the prop bets are and since that takes a second, I basically spend all my week before the Super Bowl looking at Lady Gaga and Beyonce and Coldplay to make sure I got those props right, too. <laughs> I've, I've, one thing that interested me looking at these stats, yeah. both teams rushing over 100 yards. Yeah. I, I, and both teams going for in and around 30 attempts. Uh, that surprises me slightly. I know both teams are going to have to try and keep the opposition defense sure. uh, honest, but... I, 
these are two fantastic defenses. I'm slightly surprised by that one, but uh, otherwise, everything else it looks so <laughs> ridiculously spot. Why do we even have to play the game now? Since it looks perfect. <laughs> no, I think I think that to me, the the quarterbacks are almost identical in terms of the numbers. We, uh, the, we the projection that we have for both Cam Newton and Peyton Manning is is one yard off. We have Peyton Manning throwing for like point nine more yards than Cam Newton because both the pass defenses are so good, but the pass rushes are so good as well. They're going to have to use the running game to counteract that. Now, one guy that I really love, so I love the over in his rushes over in his rushing yards and somebody that I think is a dark horse for the MVP is CJ Anderson running back for Denver Broncos you mentioned how Denver rushes for over 100 yards they actually do better than Carolina in terms of yards per carry and all the efficiency metrics that I look at CJ Anderson was terrible for the first six weeks of the season and yet he's been dominant on a per play basis ever since then I think he could end up being the key kind of the unheard unsung player that most people might not have heard of or looked at but for me he's the guy that's got the best value when it comes to the props and could be the difference in this game no doubt and he's a guy we've talked about a lot because Good. since Manning has been more willing to go under centre yep. since he's settled more into Kubiak's offence you give CJ Anson those extra three yards with a quarterback starting yeah, the centre he hits the line harder and he can pick up those extra yards and those yards after contact so I love that as well now talk prop bets with me sure. because Obviously, it's all the, the silly stuff that we get every time. What shoes are Beyonce? What color shoes are Beyonce going to wear? Yeah. What songs Coldplay going to play first? What uh, you know, the coin flip, all of that stuff. What prop bets are you loving? So, so we'll talk entertainment. If you want to talk back to some of the game stuff, that's fine. But in the national anthem, I love the under two minutes and twenty seconds is where the current line is for the national anthem for Lady Gaga. Uh, historically, in the national anthems, when somebody performs not in the Super Bowl, they go a minute forty-two. The average outside in the Super Bowl is a minute fifty-seven. But only one person's gone over two twenty in the last decade that was Alicia Keys Lady Gaga did do a performance in 2013 publicly where she went two minutes and 18 seconds which is right up against that line right but she changed all the words at the end it was a pride rally in New York City where she literally changed the whole final two stanzas of the national anthem she's got a contract with CBS she's not going to mess this up she'll stick with the lyrics and if she does so I love the under on the national anthem Beyonce you can bet on the shoe color she's going to wear black is the favorite she's only worn black three of the 16 times she's appeared on the VMAs Uh, and and people know of her as this but in her concerts here recently she's been wearing red knee-high boots not black knee-high boots and the Coldplay album where she sings is all about color it's all about effervescence that's literally what they call it and talk about it as a, a very colorful experience the song itself is a Bollywood Indian theme song I don't think black is what we're going to be seeing I think it's very likely to be what's considered other which is red or multicolored at seven to one for anything basically wow, yeah, black that's, that's, I love it uh, is gold one of the options gold is an option I think actually that's to me that's the second favorite and you can get that at five to two which means you could actually bet five to two on gold seven to one on other color play them both and I think it's I think it's almost a lock it's going to be one of those two things we love that it's Super Bowl 50 but I'm not going to lie uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, after this week if I don't see the color gold again for a couple of months <laughs> I'm not going to have a problem with that whatsoever uh, is there anything else people should be looking out for in particular either on those prop bets or on the game is there anything where you're you're telling people lump on it now before it gets popular yeah absolutely uh, the, the quick ones that I can give you with the game itself Peyton Manning under rushing yards the line's .5 which means if he literally falls forward for two feet you go over but Peyton Manning only had positive rushing yards one time in 12 starts over the course of the entire season. It was the last game he played, but he only did it once. I like the over on longest field goal, which is 44.5 yards. I think it's going to go more than that. This is going to be a game decided by the kickers, or at least kickers are going to play a pretty big role in this game. And these teams have been very good at limiting big plays, and neither of them really good at uh, hitting the big plays, aside from what we saw in the NFC Championship game with Carolina. The under on longest touchdown. A couple other players where we like the over on the receiving yards. Devin Funches, 6'4 receiver for Carolina, and Emmanuel 
Emmanuel Sanders, a, a short receiver but happens to be the deep play threat for Denver, is the guy that we like to lead the entire game receiving yards. Great stuff. Look, Paul, just tell everyone again where they can find all this fantastic information and ideally wait for an hour or so till I get my bets on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we don't, we don't want to totally shift the market before you can take advantage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. PredictionMachine.com is the site. We do seven different sports. Actually, we have six different soccer leagues that we cover as well. At least for us, that's what it would be. Uh, and we do every single game 50,000 times, including breaking this game down as thoroughly as it gets. Paul, real joy. Thank you for joining us. Had a blast. Uh, moving on, and uh, we'll, before we talk about uh, the only facet of the game we've got left to talk about, the Panthers' offense, let's talk, hear from a man who we spoke to all about the Panthers' offense, a guy who Cam Newton has been compared to on numerous occasions, went to a Super Bowl himself as a number one offense in the league, going up against a number one defense and managed to lose that game, Donovan McNabb. I can't believe I just finished the Donovan McNabb. <laughs> I'm so tired. Donovan McNabb. So delighted to be joined by a former NFC champion, a guy who's had his number retired by a team, a genuine legend in Philadelphia. Donovan oh. McNabb. Genuinely, so just like ah, you're making me feel outstanding. Man. These are these are the kind of opportunities you really do only get when you come to the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, Donovan, first of all, you having a good time? You, I'm having a wonderful yeah. time, man. This is uh, you know, when you're retired, you got to figure out what you want to do next. And and uh, I've moved into the media business, and and that was always my my plan anyway. But to see you know familiar faces, some some new faces. Hey, and here to be here with you guys, man. This is outstanding. I love the accent, man. I, I know we've not got masses of time with you, so I want to kind of <laughs> get immediately into the nitty-gritty. Cam Newton, Peyton Manning, how do you assess the pair of them this week? And particularly Cam, who kind of has a style that is, is similar to yours. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I, I go beyond their, their, their play, their ability. I go to the, the rest of the team. I look at defensively at what, what we're going to see. We're going to see two top defenses create pressure on opposing quarterbacks and two secondaries who can create turnovers uh and even with that said i think the linebacking cores are, are pretty much underrated um i look at davis i look at keekley um probably the best linebacking core in the nfl just to the point but also you can say the same about marshall and also trevathan uh with denver uh there's a reason why they've had a lot of success uh, under Jack Del Rio and now under their new defensive coordinator uh, of being able to get to opposing quarterbacks and be able to be the number one defense in the league. Uh, so I'm looking more defensively instead of offensively, even though I'm an offensive guy. Um, <laughs> because I think the team that, that creates the most turnovers will be the one that wins. Something that intrigues me, and we've talked about it with a few people this week, but I mean, you were a big guy and you could run as well, but Cam 6'6", 260, yeah. huge. And those are the kind of guys who in the past would have been a D-end, an outside linebacker, maybe you know, a tight end. But now he's playing quarterback. Do you think that's going to affect the way that people see that position and, and the chances for guys coming through to play that position? Not at all. Not at all. You've seen a lot of these guys now coming out 6'3", 6'4", uh, 240 pounds. I mean, look at Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck's, you know, 6'3", 250 pounds, 240 pounds, got thighs of of, of Herschel Walker. Um, <laughs> but again, it's more or less of, you know, that's kind of where these guys are being bred. I mean, I don't know what they feeding them nowadays. <laughs> I was missing out on some of that. I guess I was malnourished. Some of it, no yeah, doubt. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got to pass yeah. along to some of them. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're pointing to me. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Donovan. I no, thought we were friends. I was just reiterating what he was saying. Nah. I, I, I didn't agree with it. <laughs> You're a man. <laughs> and, I mean, how do you kind of see the game going? I mean, you've mentioned 
Trevath and Marshall as guys who were under the radar yeah. maybe not getting the love that they deserve do you think that Denver defense ultimately can can keep it close enough to win the game? I think so. I think so. I think it will be one of those that, that comes down in the fourth quarter of what team makes the mistake. I, I think Denver would do a pretty good job of, of trying to stop the run first and force Cam to throw the football. I think on the opposite side, I think Sean McDermott would do an excellent job of making the pot kind of hot for pocket hot for for Peyton Manning because now we know Kubiak likes to run the football and if you stop them from running the football now you're going to force Peyton to throw it about 35 45 times and that's not what Denver wants to do they want to be able to protect uh, Peyton Manning because his arm strength isn't where it used to be uh, and make him make them run the ball eat up some clock and possibly pick up some pick up some yards in the process you turned up to the Super Bowl yourself, NFC champion. Obviously, you have to be the NFC champion to get to the Super Bowl. That was a ridiculous thing to say. No, but, not at uh, all. People don't know but, that. But uh, uh, with a high-powered offense, and what's it, in terms of how you prepared for that week and how you see the Panthers preparing for this week, do you think they're going the right way about it, staying relaxed, staying loose, and that's yeah. the best way to go forward? That's the way. I mean, you got to treat this just like a normal game. I know it's a lot of, a lot of hype, a lot of hoopla, some things that you got to go through during the week which will end up pissing you off by Thursday, Friday, because there's so much media attention and, you know, stuff you wouldn't do in a regular season. Uh, but you want to keep the mentality the same way. You want to keep it as the same approach as if you were going to practice and going back home. That's what you're doing. You're going to practice and you're going back to the hotel. Most guys play video games. Some guys play cards. Some guys go out to dinner. You know, so you want to keep that same tradition flowing because anytime you start to get out of the box a little bit and doing something differently mentally, it kind of wears on you. So when you go in the game, you feel like, you know, because guys are superstitious, you feel like I forgot to do something. And this is why I'm not, you know, taking that step or making that pass or whatever it may be. So just keep everything the same. Uh, how do you finally react to people who react negatively to the way that Cam celebrates, the way that he's quite braggadocious, he has fun? I mean, when he first came yeah. to the league, the he towel over the head thing. stuff. Yeah. Well, people, he got criticized got for that. Pers- exactly. And, 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 you know, it's just, it's just trying to find something or someone. Uh, I think for Cam, Cam's sake, for us being older, I, there's no reason for me to be dabbing. There's no reason for me to be doing some of these young dances. I'm old. I'm 39 years old. We didn't have that while I was growing up. You know, things are different. Uh, so if guys who are playing against him, if you have an issue with him dancing, then stop him from getting in the end zone. Stop him from getting first down. Then you won't have to worry about it. Because I guarantee you this, I got tired of seeing the Ray Lewis dance on the introduction. But I tell you, in the, in the Pro Bowl, I couldn't wait till he did it. <laughs> I mean, it, it was exciting. That's the whole thing. You don't want it done against you but you love watching it against somebody else. And so we played against him, and I told him, I said, you know, I'm, when I get in the end zone, I'm going to do that dance right in your face. And that was just a, a challenge we had back and forth. But we got to the Pro Bowl where everybody moved over so we could see the dance because it gets you excited. Brilliant. Donovan, genuine pleasure to speak with you. Thank you, guys. So briefly. I know you've got a lot to do. I love, I love the voice. I love the accent. I love it. Very <laughs> <laughs> Arnie at the end, but other than that, it was pretty good. It was, it was very Arnie. <laughs> Oh, I haven't laughed this hard. <laughs> I haven't laughed this hard since Pete Carline in the middle of a conversation. Ollie! Ollie! That was Donovan McNabb, and it was. I don't think he said me. Ollie! <laughs> <laughs> a really funny interview. But what we you need say, to know. Double even, even, though, 
even though I've edited it together to make it sound much neater and cleaner. Uh, actually, I tried to say Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Donovan McNabb's name about five times. Did it go times. this badly in the interview? <laughs> it was wrong. No, I got it back on in the interview. Just called the amazing. There used to be. Uh, there used to be something I used to not be able to say, which was rookie wide receiver. I could, every time we did it on the podcast, say rookie wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> I went full Jonathan Wasp with it. Um, so that's Donovan McNabb. It's going to be the new version of that. <sighs> Had to get that out there and get it done. So. This podcast is already ludicrously long and, and a mess and uh, good fun. I think it was BS. Mess. <laughs> <laughs> I left it too close to Ollie. Uh, let's talk. It's great timing. Panthers offense because we heard a little bit about it there. From And we've kind of talked about a lot of facets of it already because we talked about the Denver defense and we've talked about Cam a, a huge amount over the last uh, the last week. And uh, OK, we're covering some of the same topics with every single guest and it gets to that point. But there still has to be said that it, when it comes to it, Cam Newton is the, the main man in this weekend's game and could genuinely be the difference. If he can face up to that Denver pressure, handle it well, complete his passes, scramble out of the pocket and make plays, he'll be the difference between a team winning or losing this, not in the way Peyton Manning will be. Absolutely. And what's exciting, on, uh, I mean, it is, it is always a little bit upsetting on a Friday when everybody clears out and you, you think Super Bowl week's coming to an end, but then you think... In two days is the Super Bowl, and it's just Cam is just so so much of a big part of this week, and Liam in particular can speak to what he's been like around the media and everything else. And I'm sorry, is that Seal on the NFL Network right now? Yeah, he's doing um, the. He's definitely doing something on the actual Sunday. I can't remember. If you look at the, uh, if you look at him dancing, it's, it's like he's dancing outside. to "Call Me Maybe," which is going on in here. What time is it? Well, it's dark outside. It's twenty to seven. We really need to finish this off. So I've got a big night open. <laughs> Uh, right, right. so enjoy Sunday, guys. Cam, Cam Newton is going to make the difference He's in this done game. a bandini. Seven-man, seven heavy-set lines and that running game, they need to get that going and they need to stop the pressure. Uh, Greg Olsen is a huge part of this game. They need to find him over the middle and put pressure on those linebackers. Any other facets of the offense we need to talk about? No. Well, I think, I think it's a lot, a lot to do with ensuring that Cam Newton has got enough time against those edge rushes of Von Miller and uh, DeMarcus Ware so it's it's um, give it that, that offensive line and plus whether they go two tight ends or whatever some, they need to go heavy set and give Cam the time to make those plays I suppose as well the amount of design runs that we might see we haven't seen so many from Cam over the last well in the playoffs really so we might see a bit more of that uh, brought in but I think it's all it's the cam show isn't it it's, it'll be cam finding Funchess and Gin Jr and uh, et al and, and uh, I don't know who et al is but <laughs> you know <laughs> he, what I mean he, he could easily be somebody who's been buried what on the that? Panthers wide receiver depth chart because uh, and he'd still be better than Philly Brown <laughs> what do you think um, what do you think how much calling him Philly Brown how much now? of an impact do you think Jonathan Stewart will have because a lot of a lot of the focus has been on Cam, on um, on the wide receivers, on actually the Denver defense, but not much has really been talked about with Jonathan Stewart. And he's coming off two weeks of rest, or a week and a half of rest, when he was playing 
the last the, the last two games on about 75 80% hip fitness so Look, what do you think how much do you think he'll be the, the fact is is that they've got this ridiculous streak of 100 yard r- uh, rushing games I forget the number right now but trust me it's ridiculous I think it's like 28 isn't and, it and, something like that and when Jonathan Stewart rushed for 100 yards against the Seahawks in the playoffs that was the first time anyone had done that since Jamal Charles in week 14 of the previous season so he clearly that running game is a huge facet of their offence and yeah Denver have got the, the number one defence in almost every single area and they will stop the run but if Jonathan Stewart goes for 100 yards on Sunday and I can't see there's any way the Panthers lose if they establish the yeah. run that much uh, yeah I agree I mean Jonathan Stewart is kind of the forgotten guy remarkably given the season that he's had but what really interests me is just how much Denver sell out to stop the run and, and whether that slows the pass rush down but but also, I mean, I would kind of back Akeem Tlaib, Chris Harris to cover Carolina's wide receivers for three or four seconds if they need to. I mean, and, and, I mean, we, I guess we'll do our picks at the end of the show, but that Denver defense is just not to be underestimated. So it'll be interesting to see how the Carolina offense goes because I underestimated them two weeks ago and it shot me in the ass or the foot, whichever one you want to say. <laughs> The, we'll, we'll um, shot you in the ass. Why not? We we broke down the uh, game with with Jeff Reinbold and the latest issue in the X's and O's, and I actually I, I made the point to you that surely if you're Denver's defense, you're looking at that wide receiver group and thinking Talib, Harris, Roby, right? We we've got that on lockdown. I'm not worried about that at all. And you'd focus massively on Greg Olson, but Greg, um, Jeff was saying that Wade Phillips' style isn't really man to man on everything. He likes to play a lot of zone coverage and I mean that that completely fooled Brady in the AFC Championship game they mix between man they mix between zone they did a lot of that against the Patriots I I do think I I think it's the Panthers offence that wins this game because I think the the two defences actually match up Yeah, Uh, they're they're relatively comparable Denver probably has the edge for me in terms of overall talent and quality but I think that the Panthers offence is so much better than the Broncos offence that's how the game is going to be won so I'll put my prediction in right now I'm going with Panthers 23 Broncos 14 I think think Denver need a defensive touchdown I I can see Denver's offence scoring less than 10 points that is completely serious I can actually see them being totally shut out that wouldn't surprise me either I mean they'll probably score 40 now but I think they need defensive scores or at least big defensive turnovers like the Von Miller pick that has them in the red zone immediately to have any chance. Um, and so your pick is Matt Sherry? Saying all that, I think, I think I'm think i going to go with Denver 17-14. Wow. Which, which goes against your prediction in the magazine, is that yeah. correct? Yeah, mine, mine goes with my prediction in the magazine, but the score's changed slightly. It, but that was two weeks ago. It's, it's paralysis, paralysis by over-analysis, isn't it? Like Carolina, who's probably going to win, but I, but I, I think this week everyone's been almost trying to make this more even than it perhaps will be, and yeah. people have been focusing so much on Denver's defense. That, like Will said, everyone's forgetting about how good Carolina's defense is and the performance they put up against Carson Palmer and Arizona in the last game, which was fantastic. You know, to shut their mind, and I, I just feel if Carolina get up early, which they have a habit of doing, then I can't see. Manning doing enough to wrestle that game away from Cam and, and the Panthers' offense. I have so your prediction, Liam Blackburn, is the Panthers to win twenty-four ten, which is roughly what I said in the magazine. I, think. I have two Tone Jones's goosebump arms in me in me head. Like 
You know, too, too tall, Joe. Too, too tall, Joe. Too not tall. Too <laughs> he's not Michael Jackson, <laughs> is he? <laughs> well, I was thinking he's not some scar star from the 1980s, but um, that's my bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I just have that. <laughs> he was serious when he when he was a McNip. Oh, what a diva that was! Wow, you know the face Beyonce pulls when she just goes on stage. Quiet, Matthew Sherry has essentially just said that with his microphone. <laughs> so, Ollie, what are your thoughts on the game? What do you think the score is going to be? And prediction? Double <laughs> <laughs> uh, This is really hard because I've been kind of swayed and and bowled over by the the love that has been going for this Denver defense. Um, what I agree with you, Matt. What uh, Ed Tooltail Tootle Tootail There we go. Interesting. None of us can speak anymore was where we were, Sherry. And literally it all cut off. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to leave that in as was. Well, literally I, I, we can I gave speak. my critical analysis whilst we were off air. Oh of course so, you did. So give us the final score. So uh, This is the longest podcast ever. I will let's, go, let's wrap it up. It is the one before Super Bowl, so I mean Okay. I think it will be 22-17. How are the points? To Carolina. But, uh, I'm going with two touchdowns, two field goals and a safety. Yeah, I love a safety. I, just, I needed to give Ollie a way of getting to 22 points. Guys, it's been a bloody emotional week. It's been uh, a lot of fun. A Very lot fun. of fun. Uh, we've got so much great content that we're going to be rolling out for listeners and for readers over the next... Uh, over the next two months, three months, all the way through the off-season. And you know what? After Sunday night, we'll do another podcast, and then we'll be right back on it, building up to the combine, building up to the draft, and then building up to the season again. Free agency, we'll have players coming over to promote the games later this year. There's so much else that's going to keep on rolling through the off-season. So whilst we do drop to a single pod a week during the off-season, you've had five this week, so just listen to some of these back if you need to. And brilliantly, we'll have a lot of Simon Clancy over the next few weeks, breaking down prospects and all. All that kind of thing. I've forgotten what his voice sounded like. I just want to hear it. I miss him. I miss him too. We miss you, Simon. I wish he, he definitely here. doesn't listen though. Come back soon, Simon. Anyway, <laughs> this is like in memoriam. <laughs> so, uh, thank you everyone who has got in touch with Seal us. Seal just did the dab on Twitter. That was incredible. He's done it again. Uh, oh no, and again, it's three. That, is it so keep just going? to be clear, Matthew Four. Sherry, that's, that's the dab. That <laughs> well, that was exactly what I did. I just wanted to get perfect form. For when I scored the field goal, can I just shame, can I just plug you focused um, on the form of your dab and not the form of your kicking? Can I yeah. just plug this uh, sandwich shop? Absolutely, who have given us free T-shirts today? If like will you get to Yahago to San Francisco? What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that? You bomb then. The oh Delhi yeah, board because your accents are great. The Deli Board Rye Project? It, is no, the, the, the Deli Board is the name of the shop. It's a phenomenal sandwich shop, and they've given us great T-shirts. Look, gents. In 48 hours' time, we will know the Super Bowl champions of 2016. And it's going to be the Carolina Panthers. Peyton Manning will no longer be I an NFL I can't believe I've picked the Broncos, but I just, I've just got a fade. Peyton Manning will no longer be an NFL player. I'm switching. Player. I'm switching. 22 17 Broncos. Cal- Brilliant. I'm switching. <laughs> I, it's that. I think, I think Peyton Manning will rediscover something. And I think that. And he's not lost it by the back of a sofa. Podcast of all time is coming to an end. So thank you so much for listening. This has been the Gridiron Show. Yeah.